a special welcome. Uh, this morning I'm uh, Seth, I'm one of the pastors here at Shorelim Church, and uh, me, and, me and the family have been away in Raratonga, and we were there last week. Uh, I'm, I'm still remembering it, that's why I've got the smile on my face, I'm just, I'm avoiding this cold weather that we've walked into when we came back into, into New Zealand, but we had uh, plenty of sunshine, we had plenty of beautiful, we had a beautiful sunset every night, I'm just, I'm just teasing you all now and making you all feel horrible, because I, I heard that it was raining here last Sunday. Um, but uh, yeah, we had a great time, uh, we had a great family time, and uh, the girls want to go and live there now. Uh, so I told them when they turn 18, they can go work there, and Debbie and I will visit them every couple of months, which will be, which will be great. Um, but I just wanted to take uh, uh, right up front in a minute just to say thank you for uh, all of your prayers uh, for us as a family while we were away, and also thank you to uh, those leaders and volunteers who last weekend uh, really came together to put together uh, our Mother's Day service. Was it a good service last weekend? Did you guys have some fun? Ladies, did you get spoiled? Yes, good. That's what we like to hear. And so uh, we just wanted to say thank you for uh, those of you who, uh, in our absence, kept everything going together, kept everything kind of going. Uh, this morning we're kicking off our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And uh, as a church, we've often done uh, 21 days of prayer uh, the last couple of years where we've focused in on a time of, of praying. And this year we added uh, a component of fasting to that. And throughout uh, the years of um, throughout the years of our 21 days of prayer, we've done a lot of teaching on on prayer, and we'll do some more of that later on in the series. Uh, but this morning, um, I wanted to uh, just enter into our 21 days of prayer speaking. Um, I guess more focused wise on the fasting component, because as a Pacific Islander, uh, I don't always like the word fasting. And uh, the, the kind of fasting I like to do is to eat faster fasting uh, rather than the, uh, abstaining from anything fasting. And so, um, and so we're going to dive into that a little bit this morning. But I thought it's, an, it's important for us to, um, to see that, uh, you know, God considers fasting important. Uh, 90, 92 times in the Bible we see passages uh, about fasting and about people fasting. And some of those passages involve some of the some of the heroes of our faith who took the time to pray and to fast. You know, we're talking about Moses, Elijah, Esther, Nehemiah, uh, Daniel, Paul. Uh, you know, we, we all know that Jesus also fasted. And so prayer and fasting uh, often go hand in hand, and we haven't had it uh, over the last year. I've, I've been nice to you the last couple of years. You know, we've just kind of focused on prayer and I thought this year, well, let's get a little bit mean and fast. No, I wasn't thinking that. Uh, but I thought this year I would add the fasting component because prayer and fasting really do go uh, hand in hand. And I believe that when uh, prayer and fasting is done together, it's combined and dedicated to the glory of God, it reaches its full effectiveness. It reaches its full effectiveness. You know, we see in Scripture examples of godly people fasting often. Moses fasted 40 days and 40 nights when he was up on Mount Sinai, receiving the law from God. King Jehoshaphat called for a fast in all Israel. This man called for a fast in his nation when they were about to be attacked by the Moabites and the Ammonites. 
In times of distress, David fasted when he learned that Saul and Jonathan had been killed. Nehemiah had a time of prayer and fasting when he learned that Jerusalem was still in ruins before he went back to rebuild the wall. And in the New Testament, John, John the Baptist taught his disciples to fast. The church in Antioch fasted uh, as, they, as they sent Paul and Barnabas off on their missionary journeys. And Paul and Barnabas themselves fasted as they kind of sought God for who they would appoint as elders and leaders within the churches. And so through the, and though the Word of God uh, doesn't specifically command us to fast, it's important uh, it's still considered an important discipline that is given uh, to us as we see fasting both modeled by Jesus in Matthew 4 and taught by Jesus in Matthew 6. Now, having, having a dedicated time of prayer and fasting is uh, it's not a way of manipulating God into doing what we desire or into doing what we want. And, you know, it's not a way of getting God to give us the answers that we want to see for what's ahead of us. Rather, it's simply forcing and denying ourselves, denying yourself of something in order to focus and rely on God for your strength, for your provision, and for the wisdom you need for your season. And so it's a practice that has been exercised throughout church history by people who want to devote time to seek God more intensely and more intentionally. And so that's what we're entering into. You know, often the focus of um, prayer and fasting is on uh, abstaining from food. And, and I've already mentioned how much I like that idea or don't like that idea. But the main purpose of Christian fasting is to take our eyes off the things of this world, to take our focus off the things of the flesh and get our eyes onto God. Get our eyes focused back on to God's purpose, onto God's thoughts, and onto deepening our relationship with Him. Amen? And as we do that, uh, I believe that we're able to then better focus on Jesus, who in Matthew 6, verse 16 to 18, gives some specific instructions on how to fast. He says, When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show men they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they have received their full, their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your Father, who was unseen. And your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. That's cool, eh? And so this is a matter of the heart, again, between you and God. Knowing that God sees what we sacrifice over this season. And that God will reward us for that. You know, as we kick off into our, our 21 days, I think it's important for us to remember that though we come into uh, this time of prayer and we come into this time of fasting with, uh, with expectation, we come into this time uh, with hope uh, that God will shift things. God only promises to answer our prayers when we ask them according to His will. Because His will is perfect, not ours. And in, John, in 1 John verse 5, 
chapter 5, verse 14 to 15. It says, This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have, we know that we have what we asked of Him. And so I want to share four keys, uh, four key reasons this morning as to why we're taking uh, 21 days from today to fast and pray. And uh, we'll let you know about uh, the booklets that we've put together to help you with that over the next 21 days. And so if you're taking notes, the first uh, point this morning, which I've already mentioned, is to know God's will. We pray and fast to know God's will. You know, seeking God's will or direction is different from petitioning Him for something that we desire. We're pretty much saying, God, we give up what we want. We give up what we think we might need to seek after what your plan is for us, to seek after what your will is. And I believe our heart's desire in fasting um, should be to know God's will and then also to receive the strength and the discipline that's required to do it. Know God's will. And then to receive from God the strength and the discipline we require to do God's will. Who knows that sometimes when God asks you to do something, you need a little bit more strength than you can muster up. A little bit more courage. That when God asks you to give up something in your life that's been a hindrance, that sometimes we need a little bit more discipline than we can conjure up on our own. Or that we have strength for in our own. Now, when the Israelites were in conflict with the tribe of Benjamin, uh, they sought God's will uh, through fasting. So the entire army fasted until the evening, and uh, they sought God's will for their next step. They sought God to kind of go, God, what, what, what do we do next? We're battling with this tribe, uh, their brother's tribe, and they're like, God, do, do we keep fighting? Do we not? And we read uh, that the children of Israel inquire of God in Judges 20 verse 28, saying, Shall I yet again go out to battle against the children of my brother Benjamin? Or shall I cease? And the Lord said, Go up, for tomorrow I will deliver them into your hands. Do you imagine not going? what they would have missed out on, the victory they would have missed out on. You know, in Acts 13, verses 1 through to 3, uh, the church leaders were seeking God for direction for uh, their ministry, and they, f they prayed and they fasted. This church prayed and fasted, and the Holy Spirit responded to them by saying uh, in, in Acts 13, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. They sought God for his will and for direction. You know, in both instances, they fasted, they prayed to determine what God's will was for their ministry and for what was happening in life. You know, that in itself is good reason to set aside time to be praying and fasting. Amen? To know God's 
good and perfect will for our lives. And so our first reason to pray and fast is for the wisdom to know God's will. (coughs) Secondly, this morning, we pray and fast to develop spiritual discipline. Who else loves the word discipline? <coughs> Anyone love the word discipline? No, no. We've got a couple of people who love the word discipline. You know, there are so many reasons in the Bible that we see uh, why people fasted. Deliverance, healing. Uh, they fasted for spiritual strength. Uh, they, as I mentioned, the appointment of elders and leaders in the church. But developing a disciplined, devotional life to God, a spiritual discipline is one that I think is very relevant for us today, especially given the pace of life, given the pace of the society we live in. It was really interesting going into Rarotonga and seeing how slow they get around and do things, how relaxed they are how different the pace of life is. Explaining to the girls, there's no fast food outlets like McDonald's and KFC. They were, they were horrified that there wasn't a KFC or a McDonald's. Oh, is there a mall? No, there's no mall. Just shops. You know, traditionally fasting uh, was an exercise of going uh, without food. It was ex- an exercise of denying yourself uh, nutrition. And in modern times, I think that there are certain uh, material things, there are probably certain habits, certain hobbies, uh, certain ex- extravagances. Ex- is that a word? Extravagances? Cool. We should start the diary according to Seth, the dictionary according to Seth. Just add all these words. There are certain extravagances that, if uh, we're honest, um, would feel like a much greater sacrifice to some of us than giving up a meal would. You know, for health reasons, it, there was one point we had a church twenty-one. We had a church um, twenty-one days of fasting, and for health reasons, I just couldn't fast food. And I know that there are people who probably need to, for their health, maintain good nutrition. And I don't believe that fasting is ever meant to get you to the point of your physical being deteriorating. That's not the point. And for some people, going without a meal isn't really a struggle. Uh, I remember one time I kind of thought, man, I, sh- I should fast breakfast. Guess I, I have breakfast like uh, once a month, I think. So fasting meals isn't a struggle. But in developing a more disciplined spiritual life, uh, you may find that there is a bigger, more meaningful sacrifice for you than food. Something that, again, if we're honest with, will probably hurt us a bit more than giving up one meal a day or two meals a day. Maybe for you it is fasting, that one meal or fasting lunch. Maybe for you it's fasting coffee. I would check with your family before you fast coffee. I've seen some very agitated people try to give up coffee, and it's not a good thing. By that reaction, I think some of you know what I mean. Maybe for you it's television or video games 
Or maybe for you, it's giving up social media for 21 days. That's easy for me to do. I'm hardly ever on it. But I think that would be a pretty painful sacrifice for some people. To when that desire to get back on your phone to post something comes, instead you go, I'm going to seek God in this moment. That when that desire to do what you've sacrificed to come, you go, no, God, I'm choosing to pray in that moment. To trust you for the strength to get through. But one of the benefits of fasting is uh, that it promotes self-control by disciplining our human appetite for the things of the flesh. Think about that. Fasting and praying can help us to discipline our human appetite for the things of the flesh. Things that take our time and our devotion away from God. And when we say no uh, to our natural appetite, we develop and strengthen our willpower and our ability to connect with the Spirit of God to continually say no to earthly desires of the flesh. 1 Corinthians 9 verse 27. Paul says, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Created for relationship with God. That was man's first goal. Training it to do what it should, to be in constant communion with God. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Through a season of prayer and fasting, we develop a discipline for our spiritual formation that God can then use to bring about ongoing transformation in life. Discipline our spiritual formation so that God can continue to do ongoing transformation. The third point this morning is that we pray and fast to show humility and repentance. Now, prayer and fasting demonstrates humility before God, who is the sovereign creator of the universe the sovereign creator of all things. In Second Chronicles, verse 7 to 14, it says, Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. Prayer and fasting shows humility by acknowledging our dependence on God. And sometimes acknowledging our dependence on God requires us to come before him with confession and repentance, turning from our own ways, turning from our sin. And it requires it on a personal level. It requires it on a corporate level, as we already heard. Uh, Jehoshaphat is called a nation 
for the time of prayer and fasting, and it requires it at time on a community and national level. You know, we see this in the case of the Ninevites. When Jonah reluctantly was sent, went there by God to tell the Ninevites that God was going to bring judgment upon them. We read in Jonah 3, uh, verse 5, that the Ninevites called for a time of fast and repentance for their sin. It's a time of coming back to God. You know, I've been reading. Uh, I've been reading through this book called "The Power of a Praying Nation." It was written by Stormy Omachin. Omachin. The Power of a Praying Nation. It's a book written about uh, the United States, their Christianity, and uh, you know just how they've been called to be a people of prayer. And it was cool to see just before we went over to Rarotonga that. Uh, in the first week in May, the U.S. celebrated their day of prayer on the White House lawns where they had the, the churches come together and do worship at the White House where the First Lady prayed a prayer and they acknowledged God. And in this book, there was this passage in it which I thought was really cool. And it says, during the Civil War, President Abraham Lincoln called for a national day of fasting and prayer in order to confess the nation's sins of slavery and pride and then repent of them. They then acknowledged God's goodness to them and they humbly asked for his forgiveness. Within two days after that day of prayer, Everything turned around. And it paved the way for victory, the preservation of the union, and the freeing of the slaves. When we come humbly before God in prayer as an individual, as a church, humbling ourselves to Him for forgiveness, things can change. Amen? You know, if you're here this morning and you're needing a breakthrough turnaround, if you're needing a breakthrough turnaround in your relationship with Jesus, we're going to give you the opportunity to do that um, shortly. But if you're here and you need a breakthrough uh, in your life right now, seeking God's face through prayer and fasting, coming to God in humility for forgiveness, for guidance, may just bring you the breakthrough that you're seeking. And so in closing this morning, our final point, and certainly not the least uh, important of them, is to seek God's face more fully. Jeremiah 29.13 says, And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. You know, I think when we deliberately set aside time for fasting, 
We're showing our desire to see and know God more. To see more of God outworking in our life. I believe when we do it, that we're saying that we want to know His will. That we want to know His strength. That we want to walk obediently in His ways. And that we want to see Him move powerfully in our lives. Can I tell you something, church? God's moving powerfully right throughout the nations. And sometimes it's easy to kind of be in a bubble and go, well, God's not really at work. You look, even just a little, you'll find that God is moving throughout the nations. Debbie and I ran uh, into a, a pastor of a church just recently. And uh, we asked them, you know, how, how things were going for them. And we know that they're a big church. We know, and, and, you know, Debbie and I celebrate what God is doing through some of the big churches in New Zealand. Because for us, it's about God's kingdom. It's not about one church. And we asked him how he was doing. He said, hundreds every weekend are coming to the Lord. That's worthy of being celebrated. Hundreds every weekend are connecting with God. So God is at work. And I believe that He can be doing just as much work within our lives and within the life of this church as He's doing elsewhere. As we seek Him for His will, for His strength, we seek to walk obedient in his ways and to see him move powerfully in our lives. You know, all that we do uh, should be driven by a desire to want to know God more. To know what he's called us to. God with an offering of our lives that is an acceptable act of worship as we read in Romans 12. A life of worship that is filled with the Spirit. That is filled with His truth. And I believe prayer and fasting can help us get that and get Now, prayer and fasting isn't restricted, uh, just so you know, to when the church is doing it over 21 days every year. At any time in your Christian walk, in your faith journey, you can be praying and you can be fasting. And I know that there are people uh, in our church family who do that. seeking God's face, seeking God's will, developing a spiritual discipline 
humbling ourselves to come before Him for forgiveness. We can be fasting and praying to get to know God more at any time, any day, throughout the year. We just hope that the 21 days will give you a little bit of a kickstart. And so over the next 21 days, my prayer is that we grow in all those areas. Knowing God, developing our spiritual discipline. Growing in our humility to come before God. Acknowledging our need for Him. And that journey as a follower and as a disciple of Jesus all begins with a relationship with Jesus. It all begins at point number three. Showing humility and repenting. That very first time when we come before Jesus and surrender our lives to Him. Acknowledging that we are sinners. Asking Him for His forgiveness. And then receiving Jesus into our lives. So if you're here this morning and you haven't had the opportunity or you haven't taken the opportunity to do that, then I want you to just to pray a simple prayer with me, inviting Jesus to be your Lord. Just as every head is bowed and every eye is closed. And just repeat these words. You say, Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner and need your forgiveness. I believe that you died for my sins. And I want to turn from my sin. I now invite you to come into my heart and into my life. I want to trust and follow you as Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. Amen.